0: Understanding how donors make their charitable giving decisions. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined once again by my colleague, Dr. Una Osley. Una is the Associate Dean at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, as she leads our research team, our international efforts, as well as the Mays Family Institute on Diverse Philanthropy. And Una, great to have you back with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be with all of you today.
0: You know, as we teach for the fundraising school, we know that our alumni meet or exceed their fundraising goals at a rate higher than the national average. And we're convinced that the work of you and your colleagues is a big reason why, because wherever possible, our curriculum is research based, including this research on understanding how donors make giving decisions. What can you tell us about this study and what were some of the findings that really jumped out for you?
1: Well, thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity. As you know, there are close to 2 million nonprofits in the United States. So American households have a number of choices when they make their giving decisions. We went into this research project really to understand how those giving decisions were changing in the wake of a global pandemic, a racial and social justice movement, and also increased economic and financial uncertainty for many households. So when we put it together, there are really four findings that jump out to me. The first one is impact. We hear this all the time, but donors want to give where their gifts can make a difference. We also found that in this era uh, with so many different uh, choices and ways of giving, Donors want engagement opportunities, and this may sound uh, very straightforward, but during the pandemic, there were new, uh, creative, and innovative ways to engage donors, and we found that many donors responded well to those. We also found that uh, in this era of financial and maybe economic uncertainty, some donors were prioritizing the causes that really matter to them, so they were maintaining their giving levels for the organizations they really cared about, but they were reducing the number of organizations they support. So, I think that's an important takeaway. And finally, this is the era of rising expectations. With data available at our fingertips, many donors expect. To be thanked, of course, for their giving, they expect that their uh, the organizations they support will communicate with them, will use uh, various tools and techniques to engage them. And so when you take all this together, I think we live in an era where donors are increasingly committed to the nonprofits they support and the causes they care about, but they also expect a lot from the nonprofits they give to. And I think when you put all this together, it's an exciting moment, uh, really, for fundraisers.
0: Donors want to see the impact of their giving. They want to have engagement with nonprofits, have relationships with nonprofits, feel that stewardship relationship ongoing with the nonprofit organizations that they support. Una, one of the things is, as you know, the worst of the pandemic now is over and all the government agencies have declared an end, even though COVID will stay with us as an illness, of course. We know that the the world pandemic has been declared to, to a conclusion. What lessons can we learn from this study, since you were gathering data during covid-19 during the you know raising awareness around racial and social justice issues that we learned about donors that now we can, can, can continue to carry on with our fundraising practice
1: i think the big takeaway is really around expectations Donors have high expectations. I think we need to emphasize that in some ways, the pandemic both uh, allowed uh, donors to better understand the nonprofits that they give to, but they also expect transparency. They expect communication. And in this era where data and information is available at the click of a mouse on our mobile phones, they also expect that nonprofits will share results with them. And this is a, a takeaway, I think, from COVID. Covid and from this era, where going forward, uh, nonprofits can do a lot more to stay engaged with their donors and also make sure that there's that real time communication. When we think about how those decisions are made, uh, certainly that engagement is key and that communication is key. But it is in an era of rising expectations, so that's what I would actually say.
0: Donors want that engagement. They have a higher expectation that we communicate, including UNA through digital methods. And I know as you surveyed donors through this study, they also had some interesting things to say about their expectations related to digital outreach from nonprofits. What can we learn from this study?
1: Yes, that was very interesting to me that um, during the pandemic especially, many donors wanted to give using digital methods. And this is especially true for younger donors. They wanted to give using a Venmo app, a Cash App, Zelle, Online giving, um, the idea of writing a check for many of those donors is outdated. And that's where those expectations come in once again, because not all nonprofits are ready uh, to provide those digital options, even though COVID, I think, was a bit of an inflection point. So the lesson, I think, the takeaway in terms of how donors are making decisions It needs to be uh, straightforward. It needs to be, the word would be frictionless. Um, And it also needs to be convenient. And this is true for younger donors, but it's also true for donors of all different ages that um, especially uh, with all the technological advances, many donors are looking for those options online. And it's not just payments and technology online, but they're also finding information online. They're doing their research about what causes to give to online. They are uh, sharing this information with their networks online. So... We, uh, the phrase I often use from this research is that you need to meet those donors where they are. They, if they're online, you need to meet them online. Uh, if it's on social media, meet them on social media. But what was very interesting as I um, reflected on the interviews and the case studies and also just the conversations we had with donors as part of this research is that the central theme there was they want their donation the whole process to be straightforward without uh, too many constraints and that's where i think uh, some organizations uh, can have some takeaways there's a lot of, a lot that we can learn about how to make our giving experience as frictionless as possible
0: And one last quick thought on that uh, aspect of digital fundraising and digital outreach as we synthesize, you know, different trusted uh, research. UNA is a wonderful resource also for the Giving Institute and their recent study about giving by generations, finding that all four generations in that study are active digitally with their charitable giving. The lowest were the oldest, the boomers. But still at 61%, 61%, more than half of boomers now donating online, Una. And they also make the most gifts per year online at eight. So it really shows, you know, digital isn't just something we were thinking about. It is central now to effective fundraising.
1: Right, I would say the other data point to add is that during COVID, we saw the fraction of giving that takes place online jump to nearly 13%. That was a new record. And so if you are someone that is perhaps just uh, taking your time jumping into the digital space, this is really the moment to make that transition. This is uh, where the donors are. Many of them uh, appreciate the convenience that they have uh, on their digital forms of giving and um, also want to learn. I I, I want to emphasize, it's not just to make those transactions, but it's also to learn. And then we found that the range of virtual events that were available during COVID were very attractive to donors. They wanted a virtual option for site visits, for. fundraising events, and then just to learn about the organization. Um, Videos proved to be very effective in communicating.
0: I also at the top mentioned Una's important leadership of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy's Mays Family Institute on Diverse Philanthropy. Una helping us uh, understand how social identity can affect charitable giving. And Una, I know you looked at that in this data research as well, in terms of helping us understand uh, different demographics in terms of similarities and distinctions in charitable giving and what donors are looking for so that we can understand them. What did this study find?
1: Absolutely. I think that is an area that we want to bring more attention to, that uh, people's experiences, their racial and ethnic identities, whether they belong to LGBTQ community, or just uh, grew up in a different country, speak a different language, all of those facets of their identities inform their giving. But what we also learned through this research is that it's also their values that they bring to the table and uh, the economics of their their lives. So their income, their wealth, their financial situation, all of that plays out. So it is not only Uh, their identities that inform their giving, but perhaps more importantly, the values that they bring. And uh, what we noted in particular with this research is that it's important for fundraisers to understand those donor experiences and those stories and speak the language uh, and use the terminology that resonates with donors. Uh, The good news here is that we have a wealth of research now from the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy that sheds light on how underrepresented communities give and make giving decisions. But the takeaway is that uh, we also need to understand that regardless of donor backgrounds, generosity is a shared human value. People of all different backgrounds, whether black, white, uh, irrespective of their race, their ethnicity, LGBTQ status, they engage in philanthropy. And that's probably the most important takeaway from the research as well.
0: And other research conducted by Una and her colleagues have shown, yes, there are trends. Yes, there are generalities based on demographics. And we need to be very well aware of those as fundraisers. And yet this study, also pointed out to still treat each donor individually to understand their particular personal values. So it's not an either or, but a both and, uh, as we look at these data to inform our fundraising practice. Una, thanks again for being with us and, and sharing your expertise. I'm just curious, you know, what final advice might you have for fundraisers on how they can understand how donors are making giving decisions?
1: I would summarize by just saying, we need to meet donors where they are This is a fast-changing landscape. We've had uh, so many shocks and shifts in our environment, but what has been consistent is that many households are generous. They seek uh, causes that they genuinely care about. And as fundraisers, there continues to be tremendous opportunity to connect those donors with causes, with organizations, and with uh, opportunities to make a difference. So that would be my parting advice. And keep in mind that um, although expectations are high, many donors also have leaned in to generosity during this time and are actively looking for opportunities to make a difference.
0: Well, as you can see from Una's considerable expertise, you understand why she has been honored as one of the top 50 leaders in the philanthropic sector. We're so fortunate to have Dr. Una Osley as our associate dean at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, overseeing research, as well as our international work and the Mays Family Institute on Diverse Philanthropy. You can find that research on our school's website, philanthropy.iuui. And just find the research tab across the top to find all of that research, which is available free of charge. Now, same website, slightly different location. You can find information from the fundraising school, which is informed by our school's research. 22 public courses leading to four different certificates. We also have custom training and we can bring all of this to you in person or online in the United States, anywhere across the world. Same with our quarterly webinars. Of course, we have these free podcasts and the knowledge, the research is gathered in our textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition. Again, that website is philanthropy.iupui.edu. Again, thanks for our guest, Dr. Una Osley. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjikiewicz. And now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.